day, everyone. It's a new episode of BAM Weekly. That's Porson Matt Weekly, where we talk about all things sports, all things wrestling. It's a beautiful day, and we are your hosts. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour, Boris. I'm digging the new intro, buddy. Good day. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Uh, yeah, we got lots on the docket today. We might actually make this a two-part extravaganza. I'm not sure. We'll see how that works out. But uh, yeah, man, uh, how are you feeling? How's the shoulder? How are you hanging in there? I'm feeling fantastic. Um, before we get to me, let's talk about what we're going to be chatting about in this episode. Because as you said, we have a ton to cover. Um, it is quarter season review time, and we're going to be talking about the NBA and the NHL. We're going to be chatting about some, you know, some some specific NHL news that might affect Matt's, uh, you know, mental well-being. Um, tons of MLB news. There's a lockout. It's official. We're in lockout season, and we're going to chat about that, what that means, what the future holds, and we're also going to be chatting about the huge moves in free agency. We've seen some crazy numbers being thrown, and we're going to see why all of this is happening. And then we're going to just quickly touch on some NFL, because we have to. We should. There are some more important stuff to talk about, but I want to talk about a couple stuff uh, in the NFL. Then on the wrestling side, we're going to be chatting ROH TV, as we always do, because we are officially on the road to Final Battle. And then from Slam Wrestling, slamwrestling.net, we are joined by Tommy Milagro Martinez, and we're going to be chatting MLW and previewing NWA Hard Times 2, which is this Saturday. Matt, like I said, we have a huge show for everyone, and uh, we'll see how 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 this how the cookie crumbles. But to go back to what you just asked, my shoulder is in enormous amounts of pain. You cannot tell <laughs> how much pain I am in right now. Um, it's it's just like the the, the shoulder blade. I'm sorry, the clavicle itself. It's just killing. Like it it hurts to breathe. It hurts to talk. It hurts to lay down. Um, yeah, it's, it's getting, it's slowly getting worse. I need to sling it. That's step number one. I need to sling this bad boy. Um, cause I think I'm making it worse with like moving so much and like, you know, getting jiggy with it as the kids say in 1998, <laughs> um, yes. which I was a kid back then. And I never even said get getting jiggy with it regardless. Uh, yeah, it's just, it, but overall I'm doing okay. Still on vacation. Having a lot of fun doing that. I've uh, been playing some Guardians of the Galaxy on PS5. That game is a lot of fun. A lot better than the Avengers game. Um, so nice. that's, you know, it, it's been fun there. Uh, what else is going on? And honestly, catching up on, on life. Um, you know, trying to, to, to just stay busy um, with personal projects. We have a lot of stuff coming down in SNME land. Uh, some stuff we'll be talking about soon, um, but I think you and I are going to be a little extra busy over the next few weeks because we have some specials to record, some lists to list, uh, and yeah. uh, we have some prep for shows in the new year. We're uh, we're also looking for ideas to do a proper uh, a wake, a funeral, as it were, for ROH. ROH is not dying. It's not going away forever, but it is drastically changing and has drastically changed already. 
with the loss of Jay Lethal, and you see the ROH wrestlers appearing in all kinds of different promotions. So yeah, we got to figure out a way to properly honor Ring of Honor. Uh, we will do that. Uh, you, lots coming up in December. But man, I'm sorry to hear that you're in such pain, brother. You do got to get that uh, slang, got to get that Midwest slang on, buddy. Yeah, and uh, heal up. Sure. For sure. No, no, I will. It's just, yeah, it's just like, again, I know we talked about this last week, but there's just a huge backup for specialists here in Ontario, um, which just makes it hard to kind of do anything. Um, And it just sucks because it's like, you know, if this, it's not considered an emergency, right? So I'm not getting it fixed. I'm not getting the good old Lex Luger plate anytime soon. Oh man, but I can't wait. I'm going to start like, you know, just just elbowing or shoulder, strike. shoulder blade everyone you know so the legal shoulder blade um i think so I, I can't wait for that conor mcgregor shoulder up strike you just need to master that boris exactly don't fuck with me that's my one f <laughs> of the episode uh but yeah Came man it's just <laughs> just like boris it comes early um <laughs> <laughs> we're off to a great start here what are you talking about i'm an early you tell me to be there at 8 30 i'm there at 8 i don't know what you're talking right. about yeah, no, that's yeah, true. It's my mind who's in the gutter, Boris, clearly. Speaking of the gutter, how's Tinder going? <laughs> Actually, you know, things are going well. Uh, cat girl, uh, things have worked out. We are talking it. I guess I should call her cat girl. I am cat boy, I think, in this scenario, right? It's kind of rude to call her cat girl, put any fault on her. But yeah, you know, uh, people ghost people for a lot of reasons, but we're, we're still talking. I uh, Yeah, I don't know. Tinder's weird. You uh, you throw many lines out there, and then you maybe meet one out of every four or five of these people, and then one out of every four or five of those meetings actually goes anywhere. Yeah, it's uh, soul crushing in a way, but but it's also fun to meet new people. You know, you don't go in with like expectations or anything really. So. Uh, you know, slugging away. I got a lot of errands to run today, which is annoying. But other than that, life is pretty good, Boris. I've been playing a lot of NHL 22, just schooling kids online, bar down, Ferda. How's it work? <laughs> I love it. Um, so so how's the game? I honestly haven't played an NHL game in, like, honestly, I want to say eight years. Yeah. Well, NHL 14 is still the best one, but it's the best one since... NHL 14, I think right. it like feels like hockey. It's like they took a little bit of care with it for some reason. I've been mostly playing ultimate team mode. Cause I'm waiting for roster sharing to come. They're right. adding roster sharing like uh, December 9th, I believe. So then you like all the nerds like me who actually used to spend time making rosters, like for their franchise modes, you can actually use other people's online and you can tweak them. You can, you know, it's going to be really good. It's going to be a, a necessary addition to NHL, but I haven't touched franchise, which I usually play. So, yeah this this year i'm playing a lot of ultimate team and i kind of like it very cool very cool um yeah it's i feel like this is a perfect segue into your habs but i'm gonna i'm gonna make you suffer a little longer before we talk about your habs and that gm situation um but yeah man it's just like we have a lot on the go so before we really get into our business for bam let's talk about our stuff so obviously you're listening to bam one or two episodes we'll see We'll see. Um, But the important thing is this Sunday, NXT War Games, no after party, but there will be an after podcast, the aftercast. I'm going to call it officially now um, for NXT War Games. That's this Sunday. Matt, I'm actually really looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. I like the the show has been really well built. 
there are three or four matches that I'm quite intrigued uh, to see. Yeah, man. I'm no hate, no complaining. Uh, 2.0 is kind of peaking right now. It's it's the best that it's uh, looked in the last couple weeks, I think. Yeah, exactly. It, it's been a fun build. Like it's again, we'll talk about this on Sunday, but the, I feel that the build has just been something that's been missing in WWE booking and it's booking that we haven't honestly seen since Triple H's NXT era. And it's fun to see that it's back um, at least even just for one night, it's fun to see that things are making sense. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people that were doubting NXT hyped for this show. I'm seeing a lot of chatter on the interwebs for this show. So, you know, I think I think NXT 2.0, at least for the next five days or so, is in a good place. But you know what's not in a good place? What's that, Boris? The Montreal Canadiens. Oh, you did it. You did be dirty. I knew it was coming, and I just let you score on the breakaway just like that. Oh, man. So, yeah, so what our gimmick here is I think for every first podcast of December that we keep this BAM going, I think it's going to be cool to do a little uh, quarter season check-in on both basketball and hockey because they kind of line up right at the same time. So this is going to be our little December tradition, I think, the quarter season check-in. So I was thinking, Boris, let's just start at the bottom and work our way up. And believe me, we'll get to the Montreal Canadiens pretty quickly by starting at the bottom. <laughs> exactly. All right, go ahead, Matt. I will let you right. take the wheel and, uh, you know, we'll see where we end up and what ditch yes. we end up. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, let's just go into the Eastern Conference, start, uh, sort by wild card standings and just kind of talk about each team just briefly. So the Ottawa Senators right now are the worst team in hockey. They've been kind of hit pretty hard by COVID. Yeah. Uh, you got a feel for them. But at the same time, this is kind of what we all expected out of Ottawa. Yeah. I saw in a lot of previews, people were giving Ottawa so much more credit. Um, I don't know what they expected, what the difference was from last year and this year, because I see a whole lot of the same. And unfortunately, that's what we're seeing in terms of their product, in terms of the record. They're just shite. No other way to put it. Yeah, just absolutely. Just another rebuilding year for Ottawa. The big shock of the NHL uh, in 15th place in the Eastern Conference Boris, the New York Islanders. I had them in the Stanley Cup final coming into the year. I really thought they were going to be a very good team. They can't get a goal. And now they've played a lot less games, also have been hurt by COVID with the also with the new arena situation. Their schedule has just been weird yeah. anyway. But uh yeah, man, they are they have not won a home game yet. They have scored by far the least amount of goals in the NHL, and they look like they're in deep trouble. The yeah. New York Didn't Islanders. I laugh at you about this that prediction? Uh, just, just, just. I, you know, I want to remind myself. <laughs> I'm offended. I, you, I was offended then, and I'm double offended by your tone now, friend. I think <laughs> it was a fine prediction. They've been a strong team for years, but it's no, just it's, it's not true, happening. Though. Um, I, you know what? It's seeing this, especially in the MLS, when a team debuts a new stadium and they have like a huge road trip to start the season. It never goes well. It even yeah. happened to TFC, um, to be honest. But that's when TFC was at their best, when they were peaking, some would say. Um, <laughs> some would say that. Some would say. Uh, but, yeah, it's just like, unfortunately, you know, the Islanders are just getting, getting lost. The only interesting thing that's happening in that arena is AEW Dynamite next week. Let's move on. <laughs> Good. Good line. Loved it. All right. So speaking about falling apart at the seams, uh, next up, we had the Montreal Canadiens uh, firmly at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, five points behind even Buffalo. 
So that hurts. Obviously, it's not what you want coming off of the Stanley Cup run, Boris. But, you know, Bergevin is gone. Uh, Scott Mellon be gone. They're cleaning out the front office. I got to think that Dominique Ducharme is going to be fired awful quick after this season. The only reason he hasn't been fired yet is because we're tanking for Shane Wright, who will be the number one overall pick in the NHL draft. So, yeah, really bad, disappointing for year for Montreal. But I'm already fully given up and ready for Shane Wright. Let's go. Start the tanks. Right. So there's only one word to describe this year so far and the year that will be for Montreal. Carry on. First of all, that's not a word. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Carry on. How dare you? How dare you? Next up, we had the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, they're pretty much exactly where we thought they would be. Middle to bottom of the pack. Still rebuilding. Still figuring it out. Jack Eichel trade has been made. They yeah. can actually start fresh. Uh, but yeah, it's just really tough for Buffalo. Especially once Jack Eichel starts playing for uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, that one, and I still that's a whole situation I want to talk about in detail. Uh, because honestly, in my opinion, Buffalo deserves what they get for treating Eichel the way that they did. Yeah, 100% agree with you there, honestly. I, I have sympathy for Buffalo fans because they're amazing fans, but very little sympathy for the Buffalo Sabres organization. I have zero sympathy for their fans because their fans are also Bills fans, so let's move on. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so yeah, that was Buffalo Sabres. Now in 12th place in the Eastern Conference, we have the Philadelphia Flyers. Boris, they're usually sunk by their goaltending, but they have two strong goaltenders this year. Carter Hart's actually playing well, and Martin Jones, cast away from San Jose, he's actually playing well too. So the problem with Philly is they can't buy a goal either. Yeah, um, it's kind of funny because like Martin Jones, like you know, a lot of people thought he was one of the issues in San Jose. Clearly, not the case. Yeah, well, maybe he's uh, found something in Philly that he didn't have in San Jose because it's not like he was playing like a Vesna Trophy winner. But there were other problems. Yeah, in like, you know, may- sure. maybe it was just you know maybe it's the niceness of the fans in Philly that uh, you know helps him build up <laughs> his game. <laughs> That must be it, Boris. I think you're on to something. So, uh, yeah, so Philly was 12th, uh, now tied for 10th in the East. We have the Boston Bruins, who are a little disappointing, and the New Jersey Devils, who are kind of a little encouraging. I think the Devils are a little bit ahead of schedule there, up in 10th in the East. Uh, we're a quarter into the season. Let's let's be realistic. Boston, this is what Boston does now. They have a yep. slower start, and then they really pick it up. You know, and also... They have, all, you know, they're an older team at the end of the day as well, right? So let them play at their peak when it matters, and it matters come February and on. And uh, in terms of, New, and in terms of New Jersey, man, they're surprising me. But I feel like reality is going to hit them really hard around the All Star break. We'll see, but they've been doing it without Jack Hughes, and he's coming back, so it's it's very uh, very encouraging for New Jersey. They can definitely make a late push. I think probably your second biggest surprise in the East, up in ninth place, just out of the playoffs, but with a lot of games in hand right now, the Columbus Blue Jackets doing it without the bread man, doing it without torts. Boris, yeah. they're still just a hard team, that, that tough, annoying team to play against. The, but outside of like you know the, the the those obvious omissions, the team is pretty much still the same. So this year they'll be okay. Next year they might be okay, and then they're gonna be the Atlanta Thrashers of the East. 
Yeah, you might be all right. You might be right on that one. But yeah, circle Boston, circle Columbus. They're going to be hunting around the playoffs all year, no matter what. So let's get into the actual playoff teams. The two wildcard teams in the East right now are the Pittsburgh Penguins. No surprise. Detroit Red Wings. Humongous surprise. Boris, what about these Red Wings? Honestly, they've shocked me. I don't know what to make of it. I don't know if this is just like, you know, uh, you know, early season look or what. Um, I haven't honestly I haven't seen or watched too many of their games, but on a record where they sit, it surely does surprise me 100 percent. Yeah, absolutely. They're getting a lot of uh, they have a lot of young talent like, you know, Philip Zadina, among others, and it's deep. It's a deep prospect pool. So the Detroit Red Wings are making their rise and maybe they won't make the playoffs this year. But they're a threat for the next 5, 10, 15 years to come. Like, Detroit is on the come up. So in the Atlantic Division, we have the Maple Leafs actually currently leading, the Panthers, and the Lightning. Those are your top three in the East, in the Atlantic, I mean. And uh, that no surprise at all. That's the exact order that we predicted coming into the season right there. Oh, yeah, you know, it's it, Leaf fans make me laugh. Because I love the fact that Leaf fans are gloating saying, look at us, look how good we are right now. No one thought we'd be here, except everyone thought they would be here. <laughs> the Leaf fans, oh man, I do have a soft spot for the Maple Leaf fans. No, I, I, you know what? I shouldn't say that. I I, I just know so many of them. Yeah. I kind of understand their plight, but like many of them are in my family. But boy, they're easy to hate. Boy, they, they're they like really sometimes. are. They 100% are. Like people who compare us to like, you know, the Red Sox and the Yankees, I get it. I 100% get I'm not a Leaf fan, per se, but, man, Leaf fans are so insufferable. Nah, Sorry, yeah, Leaf you fans. Said it. And, Boris, here was your pick to come out of the East. Uh, the Washington Capitals currently leading the Metro Division, the Metropolitan, with Carolina in second, and the New York Rangers in third. And we got to think that Ilya Shesterkin is probably right now the Vesna candidate because he is, he might maybe even be an MVP candidate. He is the reason why the Rangers are there. 100%. 100% agree with that assessment there. Like, yeah. Like, if I was going to award that today, it would 100% go there. Like, it's just crazy. Um, yep. But again, nothing really is surprising out of those three teams. No, I think that it's pretty much what we expected. I had Washington, Carolina, and New York. It was a different New York team. We don't need to get into specifics, Boris. But uh, so I picked uh, the Islanders to come out of the East. Clearly, I was wrong. Uh, I would jump off that boat, but I put my money down. So that's what it is. You picked Washington. I think you're pretty ca pretty comfortable with that pick. Pretty happy now, with it for now, right now. Yeah, um, we'll see. Again, like I just it scares me because they are similar to to. Um, to Boston, they are an older team, and they're peaking right now. I don't know if they can yep. go the full 80 games plus a two-month playoff. That's a really good call. Time will tell. All right, so let's do the same gimmick in the West very briefly. The Arizona Coyotes, they suck. They might move to Houston. Let's move on. Chicago Blackhawks, huge scandal. Can't really be surprised that they're at the bottom. And fuck Chicago Blackhawks, that is. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, coming in at... 14th in the West, the Vancouver Canucks. Oof. A little surprising. I thought they'd be in the playoffs this year. I actually really did. That was a that was dumb. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, I thought that they would, you know, because they had great momentum leaving last season in the middle of last season to the end of last season. So you would uh, one would assume that they would just pick it up and keep going with it. They, the team hasn't even changed that much, has it? 
I lost a few pieces. It lost, uh, but we still have Thatcher Demgo. Still has Elias Pedersen. Yeah. Still has Brock Besser. They have See, all the stars. Pedersen, to me, he's been a little iffy. Like he's he. Oh yeah. You know he he's I think the reason why they're where they're at where they're at. Um, he just has not played to the levels that we saw him last year. 100% agree. And where they're at is tied with their new rival, the Seattle Kraken, 14th place in the West. And that's pretty much exactly what we yeah. expect out of an expansion team. This is expansion team level. This isn't, you know, Vegas Golden Knights. They, The Kraken built a team to not be the shittiest team. Thank you, Montreal, for kind of taking that uh, title. <laughs> How dare um, you? <laughs> but reality is, is that, like, you know, they built a team that's going to be big in the free agency market at the end of the season yeah. and at least be respectable and have a run into the playoffs if they can make it. And that's all you can ask for. You're never going to see the Golden Knights type of draft selection um, for an expansion team. No, it was a combination of arrogance and ignorance from uh, from GMs who yeah. set the expansion rosters and also uh, excellent luck by Vegas to just hit on that perfect uh, combination. So yeah, those four teams in the West, Seattle, Vancouver, Chicago, Arizona, they basically have no chance of making the playoffs. Everybody else is still very much in it. In fact, only two points separate the Los Angeles Kings from the Dallas stars who are actually in the playoffs. Yeah. So let's just talk about this muck of wildcard teams all in mass. We got Los Angeles, Colorado, Winnipeg, Vegas, Dallas, and San Jose. Some huge shocks in there, most like most notably San Jose. And and honestly, Colorado, because Colorado. Colorado should Colorado should be winning their division. What's going on there? Exactly. Didn't we pick them to win the West? Or, you we know, picked or at least them, go yeah. far? We picked them to win the West. I believe I I picked them to win the cup. Did you pick them to win the cup too? I believe Over Washington? I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah, I think we both picked them to win the West and to win the Cup, the Colorado Avalanche. We thought this would be the year with Darcy Camper in that. They, they, you know, but it's it's for some reason they just can't buy a victory. Although the goal differential is very good, they've played less games than a lot of teams. I think ultimately Colorado will be fine, and I think they'll be pretty close to the top of the Central Division. Yeah, again, it's still early on. Um, I think that. There is still a lot of time, um, and you know what? What's going to be very interesting, and I know we're getting ahead of ahead of ourselves because we don't know how the season's going to end, but that is Kadri's contract. Yes, because he is having a career year as of right now. Nazem Kadri is looking amazing for Colorado, but I mean, he's going to be way more expendable if they don't make the playoffs. Exactly, right? like they need to start winning games all, along with Kadri's yeah. uh, huge, huge numbers. Yeah, but yeah, so that's that's a muck of teams. I think I would think Colorado is going to make the playoffs for sure. I would say Vegas and Dallas probably. I would feel pretty confident are going to make the playoffs for sure. Yeah, um, I, I'm still going to go with the Kings from that uh, group of teams, not just because the Kings are the best, but because they're, they're a scrappy team, man. The Kings are scrappy. Oh, yeah. The Kings can get a good win when they when they really want it. Like it's I know that's that's the most cliche thing I've ever said in my life. My God. <laughs> but they're a scrappy team is what I'm trying to get at. No, they're definitely, they're, they're tough out for sure. You know what hurt the Kings a lot was uh, Quentin Byfield yeah. going down. Though he's only 19, he was going to be their second or third line center. Like yep. penciled in all those minutes, they had to find a replacement. And he's coming back soon. So the Kings yep. are the Kings are looking all right. The Kings are going to be taking a bite out of the competition. <laughs> Owned. 
The San Jose Sharks, I think, are going to fall out, but they're right now leading the wild card standings. I think, uh, yeah, the, the, the Sharks, speaking of bites and competition and such, the Sharks have uh, definitely been a big surprise in the NHL as well. So the, the three playoff teams penciled in in the Pacific right now, Edmonton Oilers leading the Pacific, Calgary Flames just a point behind, and the Anaheim Ducks, surprising, but uh, John Gibson is always really good. They have Jamie Drysdale, yeah. who's an excellent young defender. They draft really well. Trevor Zegris is there. The uh, the Anaheim Ducks, don't get it twisted. They have a good team. Yeah, they do. 100% they do. Um, Anaheim is a much better team than people give them credit for, obviously. Uh, and, you know, yeah. Uh, Edmonton. What can we say about Edmonton? Connor McDavid is just like literally the most gifted hockey player like possibly ever born. Like obviously you could say Wayne Gretzky is the goat, but in terms of pure talent, in terms of the speed he skates at, like if you it's cliche to say this too, Boris, but if you put Connor McDavid in the 1940s, he would score 700 points in a season. Yeah, <laughs> it 100%. would be absolutely it would be absolutely filthy and mental. So, yeah. So, obviously, the Oilers will come and go as Connor McDavid does. So, in the Central Division, we have the Minnesota Wild, 31 points. They're a big surprise, too. They're looking like a safe playoff team. I told Boris you. is shaking his head. I called it. I called the Wild, remember? I told you the Wild yeah, would have a good season. You did say that they were a playoff team and they would have a good year. I just think leading the Central at this stage is pretty aggressive. 15-6-1. That's a sparkling record for yeah. the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, man. Yeah, boy. It's all, uh, yeah, nothing. <laughs> yeah. Let's keep <laughs> Minnesota Wild, St. Louis Blues, and Nashville Predators are your current playoff teams in the Central. Uh, Nashville, I think they're going to fall out. I, I would be very, I could see Dallas being the team that kind of leapfrogs into the Central there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those Nashville, we kind of predicted out of the playoffs, if I recall. Um, and I do still think it's going to happen. Uh, but, uh, is Dallas going to make it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think, I think, I think you're onto something there. Lots of talent, three or four good goalies. They got a great back end. They got Tyler Sagan out there. They got some talent on the offense. Rupe hints. I really yes. love is just like a little firecracker. Yeah, so that's the NHL. I think uh, I still have faith in Colorado to win it at the end of the day. Uh, we're still very early, but the Islanders look like they, they're mathematically, I don't even know if they can make the playoffs. They look like balls, Boris. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yes, you're right. <laughs> All right, quick segue. Speaking of balls, let's do the same gimmick really quick with the NBA. Just starting with the five, let's start with the Eastern Conference again. These are the five teams who are out of the playoffs at this moment who wouldn't make the play in tournament. We got Detroit, Orlando, Indiana, Philadelphia, and our beloved Toronto Raptors. So I do think it's pretty safe to say Detroit and Orlando are out. Indiana looks pretty bad. And sadly, I think the Raptors are out this year, too. I think the Raptors are lotto-bound. Lotto yeah, I think so, too. Uh, their home record is a testament to how bad the season is actually going to end up being. I think they're 2-8, yeah. and 2-9 and nine at home right now. Um, that's pathetic. Well, like, <laughs> I, that, like, that's so bad when you consider how good they were at home. I think they have, prob I think, the best home record over the past seven years. And then, yeah, yeah, you know, it's ridiculous. But we knew this year was going to be tough. We knew this year was going to be a, quote unquote, soft rebuild. And that's exactly what we're seeing right now. Um, and, you know, I have all faith in, in Masai. 
Yes, a thousand percent. Look at the Scotty Barnes draft pick. Unreal. Oh, but yeah, rookie two of the and year. eight. Rookie of the year calling it now on bam. Hundred percent. Hundred percent, buddy. Couldn't agree with you more. Uh two and eight at home. Also agree that that's uh, pathetic is probably the right word. But yeah, so the Philadelphia 76ers in 11th place. They're just out of the playoff uh, hunt. I think they're going to slip in. So I will go through the 10 that are I, in. Hold and on. We'll see whoa, who... whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, oh, hey, oh, gabagool. I do not think <laughs> Philadelphia will slip in. What I whoa. predict happening, what I predict to happen is Ben Simmons is going to need some cash. So he's going to come back and he's going to be a cancer to that locker room. Wow. Big prediction, Boris. So we're going to go through these 10. I'll tell you the team that I think is going to fall out. And uh, man, you might be you. Well, you might be right. Ben Simmons is going to want a quick influx of cash. Good call on your part, buddy. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah. So in seventh place, the Atlanta Hawks, eighth place, Boston Celtics, ninth place, Charlotte Hornets, 10th place, New York Knicks. They're all safely in the playoffs. Those are all really good teams. Yeah. I think, honestly, we're not going to see too much change. Unfortunately, the teams that are at the bottom, I just see maintaining their pace of being shit. And the teams, you know, 10th and up, they're just going to maintain their pace. I don't think we're going to be seeing a lot of change in terms of who's in, who's out. I think we are going to be seeing more changes within the top four or five Yes, yes. So here's the one that I think is going to fall out. The sixth seed right now are the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't see them making the playoffs. I think Philly will pass them. I think everyone will pass them. No, I think they're going to end up in 10th. That's what I mean. Like, I don't, I, I think yeah. they're going to fall out enough, but in, like, or not enough to lose out on a playoff spot, but enough to, you know, not be so good where they have zero. They don't deserve to be there whatsoever. Agreed, agreed. I, except for Philly's taking some one spot. But other than that, I agree with you, buddy. Anyway, I don't, I don't uh, think so, yeah. Phil, no, Philly's not taking <laughs> one spot. Uh, well, we, we shall see. Maybe we should bet a pitcher on it or something. I still but, owe uh, you, yeah, what, so, a pitcher too? Uh, yeah, beers? you do. You owe me a, a, a couple beers, yes. So, yeah, Miami Heat, five. Chicago Bulls, four. Milwaukee Bucks, three. All of those teams are playoff teams. We all expected them to be there. Even the Bulls, who didn't get enough love preseason, we both loved the Bulls coming into the year. There's two things I want to bring up, and they're both former Raptors. Number one, Kyle Lowry having an amazing season with, with Miami. So happy to see. Number two, DeRozan doesn't get the respect he deserves in the NBA. Absolutely not. If guys like Mitch Richmond are in the Hall of Fame, DeRozan's going to the Hall of Fame. By the time it's over with the numbers that he's going to accumulate, that guy's a Hall of Famer. So I hope the Bulls actually do make it in. I hope the Bulls like get on a little playoff run. I hope yeah. DeMar has his MJ moment. Exactly. Like if you look at DeMar's numbers, they are like I'm not saying he's he's Jordan, but he's having a hell of a start to his career in Chicago. No, oh, a million percent. I'll say he's Jordan. No, he's not Jordan. That's wrong. That's completely false. Number two in the East, a humongous surprise, the Washington Wizards, yeah. Boris. I guess John Wall was a cancer after all. Right? <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thought John Wall be bad for team morale, team building exercises? Not only that, but we can do the same joke again. I guess Russell Westbrook was a cancer after all. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. What it's so yeah, the Washington Wizards got rid of all their high-paid stars, all their big names, and all they did was improve to be the second-best team in the Eastern Conference. Pretty crazy. Now, they may also be the team that falls out, though, but at 14-8, and eight, they definitely started hot. Yeah, it's a, it's a pace 
that you like to have. Um, again, with 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 the play in, they're going to make the playoffs. What position they're in, we don't know just yet. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then Brooklyn, obviously, we're going to be first in the East. They have an unreal roster. They don't need Kyrie Irving, but they might get him back. If Who knows? Brooklyn doesn't win the championship. I will be shocked. Yeah, same. They're definitely the odds-on favorite. There are two teams in the West who can knock them off. We'll talk about that. <laughs> but, yeah, so let's get to the West real quick. The five teams who are out, and we nailed four out of five of these bars. Houston, New Orleans, Oklahoma City, San Antonio, and Sacramento. For some reason, we had too much faith in the Kings, Boris. We just have a soft spot for these Sacramento Kings because we grew up loving the Stoyakovich and Debock yep, teams. Are you, you you hated them, I guess, because you're a Lakers fan, but you respected them. I, I love those teams. I picked them a lot in NBA Jam. Let me tell you that, my friend. Um, <laughs> that, that was my NBA Jam Jam. Uh, my Jam NBA Jam. My NBA Jam squared. My Jam Jammer Jam for <laughs> NBA Jam. But seriously. I like it. The, the Kings, I think they were all hits. <laughs> the Kings? I don't know. I don't. Maybe, maybe, were we drunk when thinking this? Like seriously, uh, they're just still shit. I don't know how I else just, to say it. I just love De'Aaron Fox. I want him to win. I, yeah. He was a he was a pretty good player in college. I've loved him his entire career. But yeah, I just I hope he gets out of Sacramento at this point. The Agreed. team that we thought the team that we thought was going to be out, but are in Minnesota Timberwolves, looking pretty good. Carl Anthony Towns actually might have just gotten injured though last yeah. night. While I have faith in the Minnesota Wild, I have zero faith in the Timberwolves. (laughs) I think that's fair. So here are your play-in tournament teams in the West as of right now. I think this is pretty much going to hold true. L.A. Clippers, Portland Trailblazers, Denver Nuggets, Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves. Yep. I think think those are the four teams that we kind of penciled in for the most part. Um, I have no no, no further comments there, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, same. That's pretty much exactly where we saw them. Boris, uh, here, defend your boys, the no, Los Angeles I'm Lakers. Not defending at them. What did I say, my friend? You had them winning the West. You put them as this all-star <laughs> team. Oh, they're going to win. Oh, they're so good. What did realistic Boris say? They're going to squeak in the playoffs, but they're going to be the team to beat in the playoffs because this Lakers team is built for the playoffs. Yeah, well, you're completely right. I thought that Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis might have helped LeBron take some of the weight off, but it turns out that Russell Westbrook, he's not just not a winning basketball player on he's his really own. Not. He's an entertaining, he's a, he's an incredible talent, but, I mean, like, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. The other thing that is kind of hurting the Lakers is LeBron himself. Um, I think he really needs to just take a step back, shut the the F up and focus on basketball a little bit more. Well, you're saying it as the Lakers fan, not me, but yeah, I, uh, so are you telling LeBron to shut up and dribble Boris? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm just kidding. I don't uh, want him to punch <laughs> me. I, I, would, I would rather step up to Cody Rhodes's face than LeBron James. Let's just say that. I think that's pretty safe. I think that's probably, I think LeBron James would beat Cody Rhodes in a fight. I think we can all agree. Uh, <laughs> there you so go. yeah, the, <laughs> the five, four, and three seeds in the West in the NBA, Memphis, Dallas, Utah. That sounds about right. Sounds about right to me. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Utah. I I think that Utah's, Utah's looking good. I've seen a few of their games because, uh, you know, I don't sleep. Uh, and then they always <laughs> air their games. Um, Utah's good. I like Utah a lot. Absolutely. And let's talk about the two powerhouses in the West, the Golden State Warriors and on a seven 
13 game winning streak, the Phoenix Suns. They started one and three, and they've won 17 in a row, Boris. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to say about the Phoenix Suns. They've been showing signs of being great, but not this great. And Golden State, they're back. They're healthy. This team's teams to like each other. And let's be honest, the entire organization feels like they have something to prove after the demise in 2019. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, I do think it's worth noting. You pointed out that the Raptors uh, home record was probably the best of the last five years. It's got to be other than Golden State, who never, yeah. ever loses at home. Yeah. They're 11 and one at home this year. So both of both the Suns and the Warriors are 18 and three right now. And it pretty much looks like we're going to get Suns versus Warriors. Winner plays Durant in the finals. And that's just that. <laughs> that is just that. You know, seeing that, because I think. We're on to something there. Does that hurt the season? Like, does it, do you still care about watching the NBA knowing that it's going to be those, one of those three teams winning in June? It's always like this though, right? So it's hard to say like, yeah, it does. it, It does. I think ratings are dropping. I think it's proven that it hurts the product a little bit. But at the end of the day, you do like the super teams. Like it makes the playoffs better when once they actually get there. Yeah. So to me, it's a necessary sacrifice. This is how basketball's pretty much always been. And yeah, it doesn't it doesn't bug me too much. But to answer your question, yes, it does hurt my interest in the season. Obviously, it would have to. It has to. Yep. You know what they need? A golden egg. <laughs> it's the only way to save this product now. Exactly. Inside wrestling joke for you, sports fans. All right. Yeah. Speaking of uh, insane billionaires, do you want to talk about the MLB lockout? All right. So let's before we talk about the lockout, I think we should talk about the insane free agent market that's been happening. And we're going to talk about why we think some of these deals have been made the way that they are. So let's talk about the free agent market. Um, Toronto Blue Jays lost out on a few big names. Doesn't really surprise me at the end of the day, um, but they also are investing into their future. So let's talk about some notable, um, noteworthy signings so far. So last night, Chris Taylor, infielder for the L.A. Dodgers, re-signed for four years, $60 million. Uh, Rich Hill signed for with the Boston Red Sox, one year, $5 million. You have Yan Gomez. Chicago Cubs catcher, two years, $13 million. Marcus Effin Stroman, Chicago Cubs, three years, $71 million. What a big ticket. You know, I'm not surprised it didn't happen, but Boris, I got to be honest with you. I was kind of cheering for Toronto to bring Stroman back. No, no, no. I like Stroman. Yeah, except for the fact that he's a cancer in the clubhouse. Yeah, that's that's what they say about him. But yeah, so I think we need to, we need to shout out the Texas Rangers making humongous moves, signing a huge infield, Corey Seager and Marcus Semien. What they spend $500 million total on those guys. Yep. Yep. So Corey Seager left the Dodgers. Meh. Um, joining the Texas Rangers 10 years, $325 million. No opt out. Yeah, so woof, he's getting all of that coin. Also, the Marcus same day, Simeon, a few sorry, hours, ahead, a few hours earlier, uh, they signed Toronto's Marcus Simeon for a seven-year, one hundred and seventy-five million dollar contract. 
So Boris, my math, it does check out $500 million spent on an infield this year for the Texas Rangers. That is going all in if I've ever seen it. Uh, yeah, they've, uh, they're taking the Tony Khan approach, Tony Khan approach of, uh, <laughs> trying to win at sports and win at fake sports. Um, it's just crazy. Like, honestly, like what they're doing, um, you know, they've also signed pitcher John Gray four years, $56 million. Um, you know, they're just, it's crazy what they've done. But like I mentioned on earlier podcasts, you still need other position players. Because they had nine shitty players. Now they have seven shitty players. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So it's, it's, they have holes to plug in, but we're going to see. Like, that's obviously a humongous start. So the Blue Jays lose Robbie Ray, Boris, but yep. they sign Kevin Gaussman. How does that, how does that work out in your head? Do you think they, they came out above? Did they lose out on this transaction? How do you feel? Okay. It's kind of funny because I feel like, we got rid of a inconsistent player um, up until last year when he was a dominant pitcher in Robbie Ray. And we got a inconsistent pitcher up until his career 2021 season going 14 and 6 with a 281 ERA, 6 in the National League Cy Young voting, not bad for 30 years old. I honestly feel like we went one for one in this move. Uh, and that is Toronto signing Kevin Gaussman, five years, $110 million. You know, and I do feel in my heart of hearts that the Jays just didn't want to wait on a decision for Robbie Ray because, um, you know, with the with the looming uh, lockout happening, I think that they really just wanted to make a, a deal for someone before the lockout and they didn't want to wait on Ray. So once Gaussman was signed, I think they may have said to Ray, look, if you want to come. We'll have to work things out, but you do you. So Robbie Ray yeah. did him, and he signed with the Seattle Mariners, five years, $115 million. Yes, sir. And now we have Kevin Gaussman replacing Robbie Ray as the ace in our rotation. They basically signed identical contracts, Robbie Ray to the Seattle Mariners, as you said. But, I mean, I like Gaussman. I think he uh, – I had him in fantasy, so obviously I was paying more close yeah. attention to him than I would some other pitchers. But I was all, I was very, very enthused every week with what he was doing. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited to see him in a Blue Jays uniform. It's pretty cool. He's so become my boy. And, uh, yeah, so the, the Jays are rolling out a pretty strong top three in the rotation with him with Jose Barrios and with Hung Jung Ryu as a third pitcher. That's exactly where Ryu should be. And then we have Manoa rounding them out at number four. That's a pretty that's a pretty strong starting lineup there, my friend. And and people are whispering the name of Nate Pearson yep. again. And he's yep. starting to so so ideally if we could have Manoa and Pearson rounding out our starting five that and all five of those guys work out, well that's yeah. a playoff team. Period, exactly. You know? But but who knows? And the other notable name that I want to call out the new contract is Max Scherzer signing with the New yes. York Mets three year, $130 million. Oh, that's insane. huge. Sucks that he left your boys, the Dodgers, but that is huge. Uh, I didn't realize Scherzer is one of those guys who's like sneaky old Boris. He's 37 years yep. old. Max Scherzer is. Yes, he is. He's a pretty old guy now. The question is, why is so much money being thrown around? I kind of hinted at it earlier, and that is because some teams wanted to make big moves, fill in those big gaps before the lockout happened, and the lockout did in fact happen. 11.59 p.m. Wednesday, December the 2nd, 
the players are in lockdown for the first time in a quarter century. Yeah, and it's really strange. It's like a it's like a preemptive strike from the owners in a way, right? It's like the owners don't I don't I don't even know what exactly the owners are looking for. They're just kind of trying to stick it to the players, it feels like, who who are st- like strongly negotiating for certain things that they really want. That's my read on this. Yeah, dude, it, it, it's so weird. It is so weird. So essentially, um, you know, the CBA has run out. Let's talk about first off what what this actually means. So. Uh, players are essentially locked out. They are out of a job for now. However, certain things are still happening, um, but a lot of things aren't happening. So right now, there is a transaction freeze. Um, No trades, no free agent signings, waivers, releases, and this includes moves to your 40-man roster. Players are still getting paid-ish. So if you have a, um, a bonus, a signing bonus, you will still be getting paid. So Jose Barrios, for example, he's owed $2.5 million both on January 31st and April 30th. That man is still getting that bag. Um, <laughs> but there's no work out of club facilities, um, drug testing. People are unsure about that, but a lot of people think that won't be happening. Um, here's a fun one. The players could technically play in other leagues right now. So you could see, you know, Vladdy yeah. want to keep uh, in shape by going back to the Dominican and playing out there. The minors should still be happening. All right. So the obvious question right now is what are they fighting over? So if we take a look at the player's point of view, they really want to address the, sh- and I'm using quotes right now, shrinking share of league revenues um you know so they want to be paid their cut essentially we're seeing record contracts for tv deals we're seeing players having to do extra appearances extra work per se and they essentially want to be paid for that um you know we're seeing insane deals being struck on streaming services, we see exclusives on Facebook and YouTube happening around the league. Uh, so essentially, the players want a cut of that. The owners essentially want to maintain the status quo because by maintaining the status quo, that means that they get that cut of the pie. So obviously, you know, this is going to cause issues. Um, the other thing that the owners are looking for is more money. And the way that they plan to do this is by introducing a new playoff format. Matt, you want to talk about this briefly before we move on? Yes, absolutely. I do think this is a very intriguing and pretty out there. It would become the most, uh, definitely the most unique and the the most avant-garde playoff system that we have. So the, uh, the proposed system is that seven teams in each league out of 15 make the playoffs. You get your three division winners and four wild cards. The number one seed in each league would get a bye. So the number, so whoever won the most games in either the AL or NL wouldn't play in the first round of the playoffs. And then the other two division winners would get to pick their opponents out of the four wild card teams. And that would be your first round of the playoffs. That is very interesting. That is very intriguing. So you would get two could pick either one. You, you, you know what I mean? And uh, the, the two remaining wild card teams would have to play each other. 
other. It's very, very intriguing, man. I don't know if they're ever going to do a draft your own opponent thing in sports, though. I I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. Also, it's so weird. But sure, let's uh, let's let's let's, you know, whatever brings in more ad revenue and playoffs is where the money is at. So, you know, you want to make the playoffs the longest it humanly could be. And in baseball, fortunately for the fans, unfortunately for the owners, you know, I love the fact that the playoffs last one month and that's it. Um, so someone was talking to someone and they asked when the last time this happened. Obviously, 1994 comes to mind, but that was a different year because that was an actual strike. The last time, um, you know, 1990 had a lockout uh, and, you know, we didn't lose any regular season games, but the preseason and spring training was massively compromised at that point, meaning that, you know, players kind of went in cold. Uh, So it'll be interesting kind of see what happens if history tells us anything things are going to be sorted because really I'm not seeing a huge divide in regards to what the players are asking for and what the owners kind of have up their sleeve. I I agree. I don't think the divide is huge enough to lose any games, but I do think that the MLBPA is pretty pissed off about this for lack of a better term. I think they're offended. I just wanted to read uh, a brief snippet of this uh, statement that they released uh, Thursday morning here. Uh, So they called this lockout quote, a dramatic measure, regardless of the timing. It was the owner's choice, plain and simple, specifically calculated to pressure players into relinquishing rights and benefits and abandoning good faith bargaining proposals. So that's kind of how they feel like the MLB is MLB is kind of making like a big dog move to kind of try to fuck us over and we're not going to play their game. So I do think it's going to be it's going to be extended. I think we, we there's a chance we miss some spring training even. But at the end of the day, we're not going to miss too many baseball games. I'd be shocked if we didn't get a full 162 game season. Agreed. Agreed. hundred percent. I'm not too concerned, but it always, you know, you just you just at the end of at the, in the back of your mind, 1994. 1994, yeah. 1994, and it was a player strike. Let's remember that. But Absolutely. that almost ruined baseball for years. If it wasn't for Mark McGuire v. Sammy Sosa, baseball would not have gotten back to the swing of things. You like that one? <laughs> Love it. You know I do. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I agree with you, though, man. They, they better not lock out the players for a long time. I just also wanted to read this via ESPN stats and information. The three longest work stoppages, at least in my lifetime, but I think in the history of professional sports. So there was the 1998-99 NBA lockout, Boris. That was 204 days. We all remember that one. That was, uh, well, I barely remember it, but it was also the year after Jordan retired, so the NBA needed a complete retooling, and that really hurt the sport of basketball for a long time. NBA 2.0 with a rainbow... uh uh, sign started. <laughs> oh man. And it took years to recover. Uh, so the second longest was, uh, the aforementioned 1994 MLB strike. It went 232 days. I don't know if it ruined baseball, but it almost did. I'll tell you this. It certainly ruined the Expos. Oh yeah, for sure. It, it did ruin the Expos. No conspiracy theories there. Stop with that BS people. Um, it just, you know, there was a lot of things in 1994 that, uh, both sides wanted and they went into strike, and that was that. Anyway, and what was the third longest one? I know what you're going to say, but let's tell no, our listeners. Yeah. 
I was counting up the longest one. Number one was the NHL work stoppage. 2004-05 lasted 310 days. Drastically hurt the sport of hockey. And it's only now starting to recover. And it drastically improved the sport of poker. (laughs) Yes, it did. Poker ratings through the roof, especially in Canada. But yeah, so my overall thesis and the point of me reading that out is that once you hit like the 200 game mark, Boris, you are doing long-term damage to the sport. So keep that in mind. Keep this in mind also. This just goes to show you how the owners were already uh, thinking ahead. They spent $1.7 billion on free agents in November alone before locking out the players. Exactly right. And more than an arbitrary uh, day's counted of work stoppage obviously what's important is not missing games so if the mlb actually knocks games off their season for this dumb lockout it's going to really hurt the sport but i don't think they will i think it's just a strong-handed technique uh negotiation boris yep exactly 100 percent agree with you there all right let's talk let's briefly talk about some nfl we might as well because like i said last week anytime i can talk about dumb boys losing I will gladly talk about it on this show. It was a Thanksgiving extravaganza. They lost to the hapless, sorry, no account Raiders. Yep. Uh, You know what? Did you see the ratings for that game? I bet they were astronomical. I bet they were absolutely through the roof. It was the most watched sports game in history, period. What? What do you mean? Well, like regular season game, it would have to be because their Super Bowls had to be have yeah. been more yeah, yeah, watched. Yeah. 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 Okay. Like regular season. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. 36 33 in overtime. It was definitely an exciting Thanksgiving game. I can see why it's, you know, it's Thanksgiving. I can see why everybody was watching the TV. But wow, that's crazy, man. I didn't realize that. I did not see that at all. Yep. Also, Cam Newton, he back on the bench. Yeah, that's the end of that chapter. At least our Miami Dolphins ended the Cam Newton. Also, uh, to any longtime listeners of BAM will know that I traded for Christian McCaffrey in my fantasy league. Officially, that was a mistake. <laughs> I uh, shot for the moon and missed, Boris. I, I, if you're a Hearts player, I shot for the moon and, and took in 25 points instead. Yep, that, was, uh, that's, that hurts just a little bit. Also, um, another game I want to point out, the Texans really suck. They lost to the New York hopeless Jets, twenty-one to fourteen. It really makes you wonder what the Titans are doing because <laughs> the the Titans lost to the Texans, who lost to the Jets. So by the transitive properties, the Titans are the worst team in football, Boris. I believe my math is correct. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and the Packers beat the Rams, thirty-six twenty-eight. Officially humongous problems in Ramland. Uh, it's been said that they're a soft team. There's a team full of egos there. I don't know what's going on, but they have the most talent in the league. You I'd really like to see them figure it out. You cannot build a super team in the NFL. You Case can't. You can't point. do it. Case you can't point. do it. Another yeah, team that is hurting, and they decided to add Adrian Peterson to the fold just yesterday that is the Seattle Seahawks losing to the Washington football team 17 to 15 in a very puzzling end of game on Monday night it looks like it's over for the Seattle run it looks like it's time to rebuild in in that uh that territory i wonder if Russell Wilson's going to get traded or even released from his big ask, contract where, where is Russell Wilson going to end up please don't say Miami 
<laughs> Miami's going to get someone. I'm thinking it's going to be Aaron Rodgers, though. I got my fingers crossed for him. Oh. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, like immunization notwithstanding, he's a very good quarterback. I'm not here to. Uh, well, I mean, it is shitty, and it's I, I, I shouldn't, you know, I, I I should not want Aaron Rodgers because that's pretty bad. Anyway, Boris, we do have Dem Boys playing tonight against the Saints. That should be a win. I think uh, you never know at this point, honestly. You have our Dolphins facing the Giants Sunday, 1 p.m. You have the Lions losing against the Vikings. That's Sunday, 1 p.m. Also, another notable game for me, at least, is the Ravens and the Steelers because this is the battle of I wish this was last season because this (laughs) game is going to be boring. Yes, absolutely. Very well put. We have the Buccaneers going into Atlanta. I'm sure Tom Brady is going to absolutely explode and destroy the Atlanta Falcons as per usual. Just going to sun them real good. But yeah, it's it's, it's a sneaky by NATO, the sneaky by apocalypse in fantasy. Lots of teams on by this week. Yeah, it's a very it's very weird this week. Um, but sure, let's this is what happens when you add a game to the schedule, right? It's like F it. Who cares? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, interesting. Uh, definitely that Raiders Cowboys game was excellent. 36, 33, one of the better Thanksgiving games that you're yeah. going to see. And uh, yeah, man. Yeah. It, it's a weird, stinky week of football. Definitely a week to go hang out with the family, you know, and uh, yeah, for, forget that this uh, league even exists for a week. Yeah, exactly. All right. I think we've climaxed on the sports. Now let us move on to the wrestling. How does that sound, Matt? I wish you would have put it a different way, but let's do it, buddy. Pump up the jam, pump it up. Why your feet are stumping? And the jam is pumping. Look ahead, the crowd is jumping. Pump it up a little more. Get the party going on the dance floor. See, cause that's where the party's at. And you find out if you do that. 